0: was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. John 8, 44. February 12, 1974, Alexander Solzhenitsyn was arrested at what was near the height of his fame. Following that, he was exiled to the West, but on that same day, a message was released to his people. The article, Live Not by Lies. It was a message to his Soviet, truly his Russian, brethren, and this message is a perfect illustration of what we as Americans, or as Christians, are going through, are battling right now. In truth, this is less of an illustration and more of a visitation from history. Solzhenitsyn is, of course, a master of words, and this text is a perfect illustration of that very fact. He is also a famous communist dissenter, which is probably why I like him so much. And he's famous for his book, The Gulag Archipelago. I stated that Solzhenitsyn was arrested and then exiled because of his descent of communism. We will not be discussing nor addressing that in this episode. I've talked about the Soviet Union, as well as the communist regime, um, many times. Uh, but I will delve into that topic again once i finished the Gulag Archipelago, the, the book that he wrote. Today we're going to talk about something else. Living Not by Lies. Solzhenitsyn's remedy, his dire request to his people. Quote We are approaching the brink. Already a universal spiritual demise is upon us. A physical one is about to flare up and engulf us and our children while we continue to smile and sheepishly babble. But what can I do to stop it? We have it, the strength. I believe that Solzhenitsyn was a Christian. In fact, I know that he was a Christian, but he may have been a Catholic. But I read his story of conversion, which I will share at some later point, because it's quite a beautiful story. Even had he not been a Christian, though, I would agree with every single word of this document. Yet knowing that he was a Christian makes perfect sense as to how he was able to write such a document. I wish that I could read it to you in its entirety, but cannot do so because of the time constraints. But I highly, highly recommend you go read it. Solzhenitsyn puts the onus on us to fight against what he calls lies which can take which we can take as both a lie but also as an ideology for truly what is an ideology but simply the constant lying to oneself about your own beliefs the dogmatic approach to those beliefs it is not they says solzhenitsyn who are guilty of everything but we ourselves only we Here, Solzhenitsyn calls out his fellow Russians for not fighting back and calling out um, for saying, what can we do? We can do nothing about it. We cannot change our environment. We can do nothing. He says, no, we can do everything. In fact, we are the only ones who can do anything. Not that, of course, it would be easy. Nothing worth doing is easy. He says that we must attack the spiritual demise at its weakest point, lies. And then he goes into explaining how lies are defended by violence, and then how lies double back and defend that very violence. When violence bursts on to the peaceful human condition, its face is flushed with self-assurance. It displays on its banner and proclaims, I am violence, make way, step aside, I will crush you. But violence ages swiftly. A few years pass and is no longer sure of itself. To prop itself up, to appear decent, it will, without fail, call forth its ally lies, he continues. For violence has nothing to cover itself with but lies, and lies can only persist through violence. And it is not every day. And not on every shoulder, that violence brings down its heavy hand. It will demand of us only a submission to lies, a daily participation in deceit. And this, he says, suffices as our fealty. This is why it's not easy to stand up against lies. No further, uh, Look no further than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood up against lies, and they were thrown into a furnace for it. The ultimate truth, Jesus, was crucified because of the truth himself. Yet in both cases, in these cases, death was overcome because truth always prevails in reality. Unfortunately, that is not always the case in this life. Death is not always overcome in the aspect of our physical bodies, else the word martyr would not exist. Alas, it is also the case that truth no longer prevails in our human hearts every day. In fact, anymore, it rarely attaches itself to our hearts. Contrary to what the Bible says, do not let truth and kindness leave. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your hearts. So you will find favor and good repute with God and man. Proverbs 3, 3-4 So then what do we do if we have the truth? We must defend it at all costs. We defend the truth. Yet what do we do when the lie has so thoroughly inculcated itself into our societies to the point that truth is just not accepted? In fact, most of the time, it is completely shunned. Here's what Solzhenitsyn says, his remedy. And therein, we find neglected by us the simplest, most accessible key to our liberation, a personal non-participation in lies. Even if all is covered by lies, even if all is under their rule, let us resist in the smallest way. Let their rule hold not through me. Just the other day, my family and I were watching a movie called Me Time with Kevin Hart and, um... Mark Wahlberg, and there was a scene in which the word penis comes up. There was, in this uh, this movie, a little girl playing Kevin Hart's daughter, and she asks him, what is that? And of course, a comedic scene commences as he tries to explain what it is, but he concludes his explanation saying, it's something you can choose to have later on, if you would like. Obviously, and blatantly, a lie. Yet millions of people will watch this movie and millions more will disagree with it but do nothing about it. They will continue to pay to see it as well to subscribe to Netflix. There was a time when it was outrageous that Elvis Presley danced on a screen and showed his hips. People who were disgusted by that um, made their voices known. And the people who were disgusted by this movie Me Time probably won't do anything about it because they think it won't matter. This is the same problem that the Russians had. This mentality has bled over to the way we vote as Americans. It is our right to vote. I think of it as a duty, especially now when politics have so entered the arena of what is moral to do. So many of us think, oh, our vote doesn't really count. So then what do you propose to do? Nothing? This is a horrible way to think, in my opinion. The only way to affect change is obviously to change. And the only way to commence action is, of course, to act. There are two types of sins as Christians, two types of ways to break a law. There is the sin of commission, the act of actually doing, and then there is the sin of omission. You can know about a charge or about a crime and not do anything about it and also be charged with that crime. So what if we know That these lies are being spread, yet we do nothing because we think there might be a slight probability that our words will have no effect. Yet routinely, we are seeing people get quote-unquote canceled by people with no more than two to three Twitter followers. Corporations make public policy changes over those tweets. Solzhenitsyn says, And this is the way to break out of the imaginary encirclement of our inertness, the easiest way for us and the most devastating for the lies. For when people renounce lies, lies simply cease to exist. Like parasites, they can only survive when attached to a person. Even if we have not the courage to speak, let us at least refuse to listen. Listen. Refuse to pay these corporations with our time, our money, and our attention. We are not called upon to step out onto the square, says Solzhenitsyn, and shout out the truth, to say out loud what we think. This is scary, but we are not ready. But let us at least refuse to say what we do not think. Our way must be never knowingly support lies. Having understood where the lies begin, and many see this line differently, he continues on, step back from that gangrenous edge. Let us not glue back the flaking scales of the ideology, not gather back its crumbling bones, nor patch together its decomposing garb. And we will be amazed how swiftly and helplessly the lies will fall away and that which is destined to be naked will be exposed as such to the world. Folks, we have the truth, especially as Christians, as Americans as well, because no matter what people will say, the lies that they will spread, that our nation was not founded upon Christian beliefs, it was. And we know the truth. We have the truth. The truth has created what is so far... And what has been, and I think will continue to be, the greatest nation that's ever existed. And that truth is a foundation in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As Christians, we have that truth in our hands at all times. And so we must stand up and defend that truth... At all costs. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a um, religious person at all, you still have the truth in your hands and in your back pocket. We have a beautiful document that formats the entirety of our nation called the Constitution and the Declarations of Independence. The Declaration of Independence, as well as, of course, the amendments to that Constitution, the Bill of Rights. That is the truth of our nation, the foundation of it, and those come from Christian Judeo values. We have the truth, and we must defend the truth. We must live not by lies everywhere we go and everywhere we walk. We must spread the truth. We are the salt and light of the world. We must illuminate and we must preserve because we are the defenders of the truth. So folks, that was the first episode of Diatical Thought. I will see you guys once again on Thursday and then again on Saturday for the Food for podcast. This was radical thought.